I associated with an operator. I said, buddy, I'm going to work for you for free for six months. And I will do whatever you want me to do. You want me to write a spreadsheet for you? I will write it for you, but I want to learn from you. And they said, you are welcome. Everybody needs free help, right? And because of my background, you know, I had connections. So they had a deal. I said, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to put money for EMD. I'm going to put, I'm going to invest in this deal and I'll bring my investors also. Plus I will help also. So that long story short, I became partner in that deal. Even though I was working for them for free, I became partner in that deal. That's how I started my career. Welcome to How to Buy Giant Apartment Buildings, the number one show about growing your family's wealth with apartment building investments. Now, here's your host, Mark Allen Kenny. Hey, everybody. Welcome to How to Buy Giant Apartment Buildings. I'm Mark Allen Kenny. Our guest today is Prashant Kumar. How are you doing today, Prashant? I'm doing fabulous, Mark. Appreciate your time today. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. Thanks for being here. Thanks for taking the time. Prashant is the founder and managing partner of My Realty Gains. His strategy is to acquire stable, income-producing apartment complexes in emerging U.S. markets. Currently, he owns and manages over 1,200 units. Prashant also runs several mastermind and meetup groups. Prashant, thanks so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Could you tell the listeners just a little bit more about your background and how you got started in real estate? See, Mark, you know, I'll go a little bit back. I come from India, you know, with, with a very humble background. You know, I came here in 1998. I had about $150 in my pocket at that time. You know, ever since I've worked in technology sector, you know, I have worked with all the big pharmaceutical companies in tech- on technology side and on management side. So you name it, you know, Bayer, Pfizer, Cardinal Health, you name it, I have worked for them in my, in my life. I've always been paid handsome, you know, I've been paid very well paid in my jobs. But one thing I realized is it's not something that, you know, it's something which is like a golden handcuff, you know, in my hands. I'm not making money when I'm not working. So that kind of took me to the realization that I have to create something which can be a residual, residual income for me, even if I'm not working, that income is coming. So I, I chose the path for real estate, you know, recently, I mean, after 20 years of my job, recently, and like, in, you know, basically in first year itself, you know, I bought a couple of single families, you know, three single families, and then I bought a 24-unit apartment complex in Texas, and that was all in first year, and then I was baptized into a 500-unit syndication deal also uh, within, the, within the first year itself. So I kind of take that year as my jump start, you know, on, you call it boost or steroids. So that, you know, I was like down deep into it. And I said, listen, I'm going to just do it, you know, whatever best I can do. And I helped a lot. I earned my, I hired a mentor and I learned single families, but then, you know, went into multifamilies and then went into syndication right away in, in year one itself. So I think that I did not waste time because everybody kind of want to get there and I got there within the first year itself. But I mean, all in all, that was not the only thing, you know, it's not like, you know, I was trying to do it just for myself. 
the, the idea of helping others, you know, that also creep into my mind. You know, I have, you know, for obvious reasons, you know, I have a bunch of friends, bunch of uh, people I know, my network is vast, and those people are scared of investing in real estate. They do not know what the real estate investing means to them. For them, real estate investing is owning a single family second home or third home, right? And they don't understand what, I mean, they can do much better. I mean, they can do fundamentally, they can get better returns by investing into multifamily and by not worrying too much about those assets because those assets are primarily managed by, you know, by professionals. So I am all for educating, you know, my friends, my family members about the fundamental benefits of real estate, whether you buy multifamily asset for yourself or you do a syndication or you invest with somebody else they are tremendous tremendous the benefits surpasses any other asset classes class of real estate you know single family by far you it just all the, the benefits you know they just by far surpasses the single family benefits so i'm all about teaching teaching means you know sharing that sharing my knowledge with with the world and that's my journey. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I love that. So I want to circle back to a, a few moments ago, just that first kind of 24 unit and then that transition into that syndication that's, you know, 500 units, like you mentioned. Did you take down that 24 unit by yourself or did you have other partners? Were you kind of operating those deals or what What was the behind the scenes as far as um, how you were able to acquire those properties and, and also asset manage them? Yeah, so basically, you know, those three single families which I bought, I bought it on my myself, of course, those three single, smaller single family homes. And then I had some cash also. So I started looking for multifamily. And then I found a wholesaler. I mean, that wholesaler was really my old friend, you know, like 20 year old friend. I did not know that he was a wholesaler. And, and I, I was not in touch with him. So we came across, he showed me the deal. And then I have another friend also who wanted to get into real estate. So two of us bought that 24 unit. This wholesaler friend guided us through the process. You know, he, he had connections with the bank. He had connections with the property managers. He had connections with the insurance agents. I closed that deal within 18 days. Nice. So I was not surprised when you said that you closed the deal in 23 days. <laughs> I knew that it could have been done. Yeah, yeah. Ours was a 24 yeah. unit too. Same same timeline. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So yes, he helped us, but we bought it from with our money, you know. So in a sense, you know, 24 unit with my friend, but it's a personal personal cash. Sure, sure. But it was so easy, it was so easy to buy that as compared to buying those single family homes. And those single family homes were giving me so much trouble. That $100,000 home, I would have cut the check myself, but you know, for obvious reasons, leverage, 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 right? I went to the bank and the bank would give me so such a hard time because I'm a consultant, you know, I, have, I don't have a W-2 job, uh, but you know, I get paid a lot, but banks don't understand what does it mean? I mean, because my W-2 is small, right? So bank was giving me such a hard time in finding, financing those homes. I said, man, I'm not doing this anymore. I want to buy properties which, which is financed based on the value, the, the cash flow that property generates, not my personal income. Because my personal income may very well be zero because in real estate, you depreciate everything over a period of time. So 
it should not depend on me. I mean, I mean, I should buy an asset which is cash flowing asset, and my DSCR on that should be at least one point two five or at least one point three, so that yeah. bank is able to finance that easily. I mean, plus I have enough net worth to cover uh, those smaller assets myself. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, awesome. Okay, so you found the 24 unit, you're able to acquire that in 18 days with your friend, which is amazing. And then how did you transition into that 500 unit property? And what was the team like on that one? Well, you realize that, and you know it better than me, that money is only limited, right? The capital that we have ourselves is, is limited. How much can you buy for yourself? You know, a couple of, you know, in a couple of apartment complexes. You, so the idea of OPM, others people money, helping others at the same time, making money for yourself too. So that all, they'll start, that started tripping into the head, right? When, I, when we closed that deal and we were out of money, our bank balances were down to zero. <laughs> uh, I said, what else now? So then I started jump, going to these boot camps, you know, Rockcliffe's and Dave Lindahl's and Jake and Gino. Uh, you name it, I was there, you know, in, in one, in the first year, you know, a couple of months, I went to seven of them in like seven months. Wow! And there I built such a network of people, friends, you know, all sort of operators. So I associated, I associated with an operator. I said, buddy, I'm going to work for you for free for six months. And I will do whatever you want me to do. You want me to write a spreadsheet for you? I will write it for you, but I want to learn from you. And they said, you are welcome. Everybody needs free help, right? And because of my background, you know, I had connections. So they had a deal. I said, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to put money for EMD. I'm going to put, I'm going to invest in this deal and I'll bring my investors also. Plus I will help also. So that long story short, I became partner in that deal. Even though I was working for them for free, I became partner in that deal. That's how I started my career. In syndication business. I did not pay a mentor for the learning syndication. I have a partner who is a mentor in, in, a, in, in a different organization. He teaches syndication. So, you know, I, I kind of associated myself with the people who know the business and that's how I learned. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great advice, especially for those who don't have a lot of money to get started to invest in a in an expensive coaching program or or to hire a one on one mentor. That's that's really smart to go in and offer value and just offer to work for free. So I'm curious. Since then, as you you've done several more syndications since then, do you find yourself gravitating towards one one side of the business or, or kind of that management team as far as you know raising money or asset management or what what's kind of your your sweet spot on the on the GP side yeah so my sweet spot i would say is more on the capital aggregation side so yes i can you know i have I'm very well connected across the world you know i have investors from outside the country also uh, and i can you know i can probably fund any deal for that matter so i think that's my skill set i mean investor relations you know i do underwrite a lot of deals you know that's my passion also Asset management, you know, we, as, we do asset management, but, you know, we have asset managers on, on payroll. So they take care of managing the asset. But we are involved in the grooves all the time. I mean, you cannot leave things on, on others. Uh, so you are all there on top of everything. But my personal, personal skill set, I would see, is the capital aggregation side, you know, looking at the opportunities, 
there could be opportunity with others you know mostly we do it for ourselves but there are opportunities with others also where we are willing to look at the deal from capital side you know whether it be storage be it a mobile home park or an assisted living so we are folk we can focus on multiple asset classes at the same time you know, we have looked at other asset classes i mean as a matter of fact we did purchase few assisted living facilities for ourselves in year 2019 we are trying to expand that portfolio in 2021 the goal is to at least continue to buy a few more five six more assets this year so there are multiple asset classes where we are focused on but primary goal is multifamily yeah yeah awesome and then as far as your markets how do you choose your markets because i know that i saw on your website that you're you're in several different markets quite a, quite a few actually so i'm curious if you have certain markets that you like to be the operator in and then for others you kind of would le- maybe lean more on the expertise for for the operator who's who's local to that market is that is that right or what's kind of your approach for choosing markets so Atlanta is a market where we are operators right i mean we are doing a couple of projects in Atlanta there we are operator in Huntsville Alabama also we are sort of operators in Indianapolis we are we have our own assets so we are operators Houston was more like helping somebody for their capital uh, actually in Huntsville also you know helping others for their cap so it's kind of a mix up in Huntsville sponsor and capital aggregator and Houston is more of a capital you know capital aggregator side so from a market selection you know that Atlanta is no everybody knows about Atlanta so it has gone beyond our capacity beyond our reach so to say recently in the last couple of years properties were trading at you know such a low cap it's it was no joke i mean we decided not to buy anything else because you never know what could happen but then we went into Huntsville and Huntsville started going up like crazy until Alabama sorry we have the fourth project coming in the next three weeks in Huntsville Alabama but oh, congrats yeah thank you so but you know it's not it's not an easy market either you know people are trying to sell the assets which they bought two years ago double they want to double their money <laughs> without even touching the asset so that's what is happening in Huntsville also right now so 2020 for obvious reasons we did not do much but we want to do more in indies one market which we love it we love that market you know all collab Kentucky uh, and Indy, you know, that triangle kind of area. We love that. And we'll see how 2021 comes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And then as far as kind of the, the types of assets within multifamily, are you guys focusing more on value add properties or what's kind of the asset class that you guys like to see? Yeah. Our goal is to buy value add assets for sure. But in, in that process, if we end up buying something cash flowing for our own personal portfolio, we would definitely buy them as well. I mean, if it is a good asset, you know, distressed asset in some ways where we can buy and, you know, put, keep it on our own portfolio up to 100 units that we can buy without any problem. But we typically focus on a little bit larger assets, you know, time is of essence, you know, 100 to 200, 100 to 300 kind of units nothing less than 75 80 units is very difficult for us to kind of justify the expenses i mean i have a 72 unit and i end up spending more on i mean in, on my personal i i mean 
it's difficult for me to justify how much am I spending on that property in expenses. If I had 150 units, I probably I'm actually spending more money uh, as per unit expenses more. Sure. Uh, yeah. Units. So that's the only reason why we want to go into slightly bigger assets so that we can kind of keep our expenses low per unit. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That makes sense. So I want to go back to what you were saying earlier about when you were kind of in, in maybe in that corporate environment, but then decided to pivot and work for yourself and build wealth for your, not only for yourself, but also to help other people and to educate your, your friends and people that you know you can help and, you know, teaching them about multifamily and about building wealth. And I was wondering if you could speak to that a little bit and kind of how you've been able to approach that. I know that you, you've you launched a, a course for passive investing that's, I, I believe is free, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'd, I'd love to learn a little bit more about that. See, fundamentally, let me take a step back. What is the, in general, you know, people have the notion in their mind, what is real estate investing? They feel people generally have, I mean, folks generally have the pride of owning the real estate, right, in their mind, second home, third home, whatever. But in general, 99% of general mass population doesn't know what is an investment in real estate means. They feel that they are giving money to a syndicator. I just want to stress it enough and tell my friends and my family members, guys, you are not giving me the money. You are becoming the owner of the real estate, part of owner of a bigger real estate. And you start buying a $200,000 home, 100%, you are buying a 10% equity in a $2 million property. And that property does not depend on your capability to run it because that property is being managed by professional property manager. So the advantage that you would have in single family where you'll have to go collect, you know, do toilet, trash, and tenants have to deal with all that in a multifamily, you don't have to do all that. Property gets managed by property managers. Lenders are more in making sure to, that their capital is preserved because lender has the biggest stake in the deal. So lender, lender comes to us, make sure, you know, they keep on pounding us to make sure that we are doing good, right? Professional people are doing good. And then you have SEC attorneys and you have insurance companies. They all want to make sure that the deal goes smooth. So it is it is a win-win situation while you put in your money in a real in a multifamily project, become the owner of it. For you, it is a win-win situation that you don't have to do any of that. And you get all the advantages of owning the real estate, you know, for cash flow, appreciation. And on top of it, you have the highest advantage, which is called depreciation. You have bonus depreciation, you know, cost segregation, where you know you get massive tax benefit depending upon your tax situation. So the so these benefits surpasses the benefits that you achieve from single family. I'm kind of repeating that portion, but these so I try to educate my folks. Uh, these are the fundamental benefits. And I do that every time I talk, I mean, to whomsoever I talk, but for, for regular, you know, in general, you know, on social media, when you are connecting with new people, you cannot communicate all that in five minutes. It is, it is much more depth. It has to be felt in totality, right? So folks, I mean, my friends, of course, yes, I talk to them all the time, but in general, I have created a small platform on my website, myrealtygains.com 
you know, I have created a pass, passionate passive investor club. You know, myrealtygains.com slash passionate passive investor club. And what I have there is a little bit more knowledge for folks like, you know, general folks, basically, if they enroll there, they have access to a few videos, you know, a little bit more in-depth knowledge, and they become part of a network where if something comes up, they get not, not notified. Yes, there's a deal. You want to invest, you invest. You don't want to, don't want to invest, you don't invest. That's not the purpose. That's not the, the purpose is to educate. If I educate, continue to educate, that's good enough. You know, people trust. People start trusting me at some level. People, you know, they start thinking of me as a, as a thought leader. And I mean, I always give my phone number also. If somebody has any questions, they call me and I explain them and solve their problems. You know, that, that's all I'm here for. And I mean, I don't expect anything out of it. If I get an investor or two here and there, that's good enough, you know. That's how I approach it. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't approach it that, okay, somebody joins it, they have to invest. That's not the point. Point is education, education, education. If I talk to 50 people, one will invest with me. I'm okay with that. And that's one person is for life, right? I mean, I have repeat investors now, right? You have repeat investors. People just call me now. Prashant, I have money. Let me send you a check. Without even knowing about the deal, you know. If I call them, I have a deal. They say, okay, give me the name. I'll send you the check. Without even knowing what the deal is all about. So, I mean, it does building trust. You know, personal relationship is very important. It's like organic. You have to build that thing organically. And that's what I'm, you know, we are trying to do. And we are spending time. You are spending a lot of time talking to pod, in this podcast business. You're spending so much time. You don't, you're not getting paid. Sure. But you're building followers, you know, following for yourself so that people start trusting you a little bit more. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'll be sure to include a link to the to the course in the show notes as well. So I'm curious what advice you'd have for a passive investor. Say they they've they stumbled across your content or or have come to the conclusion that they want to invest in real estate. They understand the economies of scale. They understand the returns are better than the stock market. They understand that it's better than single family houses, like you said, because they're not they're not the person getting called if the toilet breaks. You know, it's not it's more efficient than a single family house because if the tenant moves out, there goes all your cash flow. So they're interested in these larger projects. They want to invest. What in your advice, what's the best place for them to get started? Do they research a market? Do they research operators first? What's kind of that first step? See, I think education is is very important. And in my mind, I do not go anywhere unless I have a referral. So once you start meeting people, I mean, what I what I typically say is, you know, you are meeting new people and and try to build connection with somebody have trust with them and ask for a referral, you know, who are the good operators in the area? You know, for a passive investor, the area doesn't really matter, right? I mean, as long as you know a syndicator who is giving a decent return with a track record, that's all it that matters. I mean, uh, for, for all practical purposes, I may be investing in California or in New York, that shouldn't matter to a passive investor, unless I want to be sophisticated and I want to start investing into syndication that's a totally different ball game as long as i'm getting some returns you know seven eight ten percent return that's good enough as long as investor i mean the syndicator has been consistent over a period of time and you do your due diligence with for them and on them basically and 
and you have to take a leap of faith you invest with them you know you start investing little by little diversify your investment with three four syndicators and in a year's time uh, see which who is doing better mm. <laughs> and then kind of pick we can choose you know I, i mean i don't think people are losing money some may give you 10% some may give you 7% but you feel it out i mean it's your money say it's a hard earned money right i mean nobody wants to lose it and trust us as a syndicator or an operator we like to take care of your money better than we take care of our own money because for us your trust is more important because you are trusting with your hard earned money like when i invest with somebody i like to make sure that you know that person is has the credible morality and you know the person is has been doing good in the, in his life so in general invest small small chunks with multiple sponsors and see how it goes yeah and, i love that that's great great advice i'm curious on as a syndicator do you have certain return metrics that you're trying to see as you underwrite deals what's kind of the cash flow and and irr that you guys look for when you you when you're analyzing deals yeah yeah that that's a very good question i typically you know so far have been doing my underwriting with analyzed cash and cash of about 18% that's like my lowest 17 to 18% i typically would like to double the money for my investors in in 5 years so that's like my bottom line i'm maybe go a little bit you know five and a half years you know maybe six years but if it is if it goes be, below that then it's not worth worth my time or investors time also so analyzed cash and cash at least you know 17 to 19 20% in that range that's on the lowest i mean our deals have done much better than that uh, but i do not look at the deals if it is below 17 analyzed irr irr of 16 to 19 on the conservative side regular cash flow you know i mean regular cash flow approximately 10 you know something like that and here from 9 to 11 some if we can achieve that that is that is the best that but again it 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 varies you know first year you do not have much of cash flow if you are you know doing the rehab on the property so i mean overall the average cash flow has to be at least 10 but with the upside it should be at least 16 i mean 17 to 19 at least It's that time of the show for a segment called Best Deal Worst Deal where we talk about real estate transactions that you've done in the past so that others can learn from your knowledge and expertise. So Prashant with that said what's the best real estate deal that you've done? See the best real estate deal in my mind is something I bought for myself 72 unit and uh, yes it is not what I really would have bought because my goal is 100 plus but this is something which i bought for my own portfolio and and knock on the wood i have i have the best property manager i don't have to pick up the phone i just transfer the money from one account to another account every month that's it that's all it so from operating account to my personal account i spend maybe half an hour a month on on that property a bunch of cash flow is, is coming and and that's where i'm you know my cost is a little bit more but i'm i'm satisfied because i don't have to think about it good property manager good asset clean asset no major maintenances so i like that that asset and and that's in indianapolis that's why i like indianapolis oh nice yeah we love indy 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. What advice would you give to someone looking to uh, do a deal like that one? See, that deal I had bought through my relationships, something what you guys are doing right now, which you said uh, you're connecting with the sellers. Whether the seller is ready to sell now or one year from now, doesn't matter. Your goal is to remain connected with them for as long as it takes. Because it, it, I took, it took me a year to buy that deal. Eventually, I became so friendly with the seller. You know, seller said six months into our conversation, he said, Prashant, if I'm going to sell, I'm going to sell it to you. Nobody else. And, and I mean, he kept his word. He called me after a year. He said, I'm ready to sell. And I said, okay, I'm sending you the contract. Wow, that's awesome. And personal deal, you know, no, no realtor involved, no, 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 nobody, you know, and just sent him the contract, whatever I wanted to write, I wrote, he signed it and that's it. I bought, I bought the deal nice. from him. Love it. Yeah. So relationship matters. Relationship matters a lot. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And uh, Prashant, what would you say is the worst deal that you've done? So worst deal, I would not say it was a worst deal. Uh, the first deal I was talking to you about, like say, uh, I worked with a syndicator for free for six months. We ha- it was a tough deal, tough deal in the sense uh, it it had fifty percent economic occupancy. When you bought it, yeah, it was sixty five percent occupied, fifty percent economic vacancy, thirty five percent down units. Such a difficult deal, nobody would touch it. We were retraded by bridge lenders three times. We were retraded by proper no none of the property manager would like to touch that. Then we, insurance companies were not willing to give us the insurance. So it was such a difficult deal, but finally we were able to put it together. But what really happened the day before, and just it was our luck that way that the day, the night before the closing, after five months, six months of hard work, our equity partner retraded us. Wow. He retraded the sponsors. He said, I'm not going to do, do the deal with you guys, but I'm going to do the deal myself. If you are willing to do so, I'm gonna make full of you, which was which was his good thing. He paid uh, whatever hard money we had. We had about five hundred thousand hard on that deal. Wow. He paid us plus a little bit extra also. So I mean, I'm not saying that it was a it was a worse deal. It was a difficult deal. I do not regret that it went away. I feel maybe it was the right thing that happened. I made some money. We made some money because we we were given some acquisition fees but it was a tough deal and maybe we would i mean i just think that it was a very difficult deal it was better for us that we i mean i i would even call that we pulled out of ourselves you know just, just to be positive you know to give a positive spin to this but because of that deal i had three deals lined up one after another oh, in nice. the next Okay. So that was the positive part, right? I mean, had I done that deal, I would not have touched other deals. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Because you can do only so much. So because of that deal, you know, that experience, I had few other deals lined up. So all in all, it worked out in favor of us. Oh, great, great. So I just want to recap. So you're saying that the equity partner decided to just go it, go it alone and and kind of buy you guys out as far as any money that you put into the deal. So by the time he got to the closing table, it was just him and you, and you were no longer in the deal. Is that right? It was, and it was done the night before. Wow. What's the number one thing that you learned from that as far as uh, going forward? Is it the partners that you work with now? Is it the contracts? What's kind of the number one lesson there? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I like to do more background check 
you know, when I get involved on the equity level with somebody. And uh, ever since then, I have not involved, I've not been involved in any equity deal. I mean, we have one deal which we are working on, which is a slightly bigger deal. So I had to go to the equity partners. But we, it took us a long time to kind of uh, come out of that shock, so to say, that because equity partners have very stringent criteria. Yeah. Could you give the listeners just a quick background on that, that kind of the difference between a syndication and, and a joint venture with the equity partner, just for those who don't understand, just to paint that picture of, of, who, of who you're working with? Yes. So basically, you know, when you have a syndication deal, you know, you need a set, you know, you, you need equity, right? I mean, you have the bridge lender, but you have, you, you have an equity need. And that equity comes either from retail investors or from a group who can bring a bunch of money. A portion of that. The moment you start taking money bigger than 20% of your equity needs, it's called private equity, preferred equity. Those equity partners come in, they have their own stringent criteria for underwriting. They have, all, they have their own rules and regulations that they are second to the senior loan. If something goes wrong after the senior loan, their equity, they are second in, in the line to be paid. Plus, they have preferred return, which is higher than regular retail investors' return. Plus, they have uh, clauses like they can take over the management if something happens to the deal. They have a bunch of criterias because they are bringing a bunch of equity. And when they, when they come in, in in a deal, they typically come in at more than 50%. You, they, you know, if you need $5 million, they typically bring in you know, maybe $4 million. No, they, they may bring 85% of the whole thing, whole stack, whole capital stack. So that is called preferred equity. I mean, yes, you are the sponsor, but you are putting this $5 million equity in a $15 million deal, but they are bringing four and a half or four or maybe two or whatever. They want to con- control the deal more than sponsor's capacity. Yeah, yeah. Well said. Yeah, thanks for explaining that. So now, now with that said, what was the major takeaway? Would you do that again with with a different partner if given if given the opportunity? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we are, we are doing it again, but again, now we are a little bit more balanced. That was our that was our we were learning at that moment. Now we are a little bit more balanced. We have more infrastructure. We have more people on our team. You know, we have done it a couple of times. We have done multiple deals. So we have started going into that mode again. But I mean, you have to be very careful, you know, whom you are working with, you know. Well, I mean, if you are small, you know, and they are doing it with you, uh, chances are, you know, they are going to eat you up, you know. I mean, that's, that's very well that's very well possible. So try to stay away until away from those groups until you have a good standing in the market for yourself. Then equal partnership, right? You are you are getting into a deal at an equal level. That is, I mean, tread the waters, basically. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Before. I love that. That's that's great advice. Well, Prashant, we're just about out of time, but where can others go to connect with you? Where can passive investors go to learn more about what you're up to and maybe get access to your deals? Sure, sure. No. I mean, my realty gains is my portal, mydealtygains.com. And just enter your email address. You have seven-day email course or register for Passionate Passive Investor Club, which is myrealtygains.com forward slash PPIC, P-P-I-C. So that's how you are connected with me. But 
on the myreldigains.com you can schedule a call with me on my calendar no, no worries feel free to reach out to me i would love to talk to you uh, i mean i give my phone numbers also by the way 631-428-6479 631-428-6479 my email is prashant at myrealtygains.com that's all my contact information you can search for me in facebook linkedin you know wherever i'm there for you Awesome. Prashant, thanks again for being here. Enjoy the rest of your day. Mark, thank you so much for inviting me. I am honored to be on, on your show today. Hey, everybody. It's Mark Allen Kenny. If you're interested in apartment building investments, schedule a call with me so we can have a chance to chat. My company is focused on growing your family's wealth with apartment building investments. So let's hop on a quick call and talk about your investment goals and see if we're a good fit. Find out more at StellarInvestmentGroup.com.